The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now. Preparedness. They are a set of actions that are taken as precautionary measures when facing down potential disasters. With Micronesia facing an active storm season, we look at the concept and how we can use it in different aspects of our daily lives. That is the focus of this episode of That's It, That's All. You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean DeMatato. You are where you want to be. This is That's It, That's All. I am your host, Sean Gumatautau. This podcast is brought to you by Get LLC. This Guam-based consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm serves government and private sector organizations in Micronesia. Need help on developing a business plan? Need an Iridium satellite telephone? Ask Get LLC. They can be found on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. Check them out today. Welcome to those listeners checking out the podcast in Arlington, Virginia. Excited to greet those listeners in Fairfield, California. Can't forget the listeners right here, the home base of the podcast in Talafofo, Guam. We call this place God's country. Hoffa day to you all. The format of That's It, That's All is simple. Let the podcast take you from one end of the island of Guam to the other. Remember to download the podcast ahead of that next bike ride before you start the shift on your laptop or your desktop computers and or your planned road trips. Thank you to our friends at redcircle.com in pushing out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. That's It, That's All can also be heard on the iHeartRadio app and Pandora. The podcast is a part of the KUAM Podcast Network, Micronesia's leader in award-winning broadcast news and information, and the multimedia home of original programming originating from the island of Guam. Hit the like, subscribe, or follow buttons of That's It, That's All wherever you get your podcasts today. With an active tropical storm season to include Typhoon Mawar that was in our area in May and Super Typhoon Bolaven spinning past our area at the premiere of this podcast, I wanted to take some time to discuss an important set of actions that keeps islanders across the Pacific and many of those who live in disaster-prone areas around the world busy. I'm talking about preparedness. Taking time to prepare for, let's say, a one-year-old's birthday party a graduate school research paper, meeting with a family member you have not seen in decades, or the hurricane or typhoon are about the same. It is setting a goal. Now, to help achieve a goal with an eye on safety, but also to avoid and mitigate negative outcomes in the future are ways to prepare, in this case, preparing for a natural disaster. How do we better respond to the immediate aftermath of a disaster? Man-made or made by Mother Nature. The objective is always to reduce the loss of life and livelihoods. Simple initiatives can go a long way. Check out Pinterest or TikTok for that Snow White themed party. Resort to methods as an undergraduate to make that paper the best you can. 
Or how about taking a first aid class? Maybe basic CPR. Establish an early warning system. Develop a contingency plan. Or stockpile essential equipment and supplies. Our lives and communities can build up resilience when we take these important steps and a goal to be better prepared for things. Now, why would we do that? Maybe we want that party or paper to go well, but there may be other considerations. In cities, we might be seeing increasing population growth. In the islands like mine in Micronesia, it may be climate change. Elsewhere, it could be extreme poverty. No matter how you slice it, a growing number of people like you and me and assets are exposed to disasters. A 2006 report written by Jeanette Sutton and Kathleen Tierney of the Natural Hazard Center of the Institute of Behavioral Sciences at the University of Colorado starts with this, quote, Preparedness for disasters is critical for households, businesses, and communities, but may remain unprepared. As recent disasters serve to highlight the need for individual responsibility, local coordination, and continuity plans to ensure the ability to respond to and recover from major events, the federal government has prioritized national preparedness as a goal without developing a system to achieve and maintain it. Furthermore, public entities have been charged with assessing their state of readiness and identifying strengths and areas of weakness as a requirement for receiving federal funding and homeland security grants. In response, some communities have chosen to utilize voluntary accreditation programs such as the Emergency Management Accreditation Program in order to assess their ability to respond to disaster while others have relied on internal resources. The end result is an inconsistent, non-standardized series of self-reports that may or may not reveal an entity's true state of disaster preparedness. Close quote. The study dives into the concepts, guidance, and research that informs an understanding of what it means to be prepared as a household, a business, and a community. This and other research is useful for groups responsible for public education campaigns, business continuity programs, and emergency responders, as well as those who have an interest in developing a standardized index to measure disaster preparedness. Improved practice and response mechanisms saves lives and strengthens our ability to reduce the impact of disasters. I did say that we can apply these mechanisms in our daily lives. But we must also be cognizant that better understanding the occurrence and frequency of natural hazards as well as the risks, vulnerabilities, and potential impact on people and assets helps to improve our overall preparedness. Being prepared for that next problem or maybe man-made or natural disaster is a cost-effective way to achieve a goal and does save some money or resources when we need them most. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. 
Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. The St. Thomas source reported on October 6, 2023, that a fire burning at the Bovoni landfill on St. Thomas was put out 21 days after it had started. U.S. Virgin Islands Fire and Emergency Medical Services Director Daryl George said the fire had been completely extinguished. Director George said when the fire was reported, the vegetation was fully engulfed in fire. The territory remains under a state of emergency because there are a number of post-storm recovery activities to be completed by fire and EMS and the Waste Management Authority. Officials there explained that the Bavoni landfill normally contains piles of metal, cars, trucks, storage for used oil, and other trash from haulers, small businesses, and the private sector. The fire-ravaged area was one for green waste that contained 55,000 cubic yards of dried vegetation left behind by Hurricane Irma in 2017. In Puerto Rico, El Nuevo Dia is reporting that an independent political action committee is planning a fundraising event for Democratic Senator Robert Menendez from New Jersey later this month in Puerto Rico. Menendez faces three corruption charges and half of his caucus asking for his resignation. According to CNN, the new Millennium PAC organizing the event will take place after the premiere of this podcast on October 13th and 14th at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Dorado Beach. Menendez, who has been close to Puerto Rico's issues, has ruled out resigning his seat while more than half of the 51 members of the majority caucus have asked him to do so. Ahead of Tropical Storm Belavin making its way toward the Marianas, the Saipan Tribune reported on October 9, 2023, that Governor Arnold Palacios has issued a directive to impose additional cost-cutting measures and cut the work schedule of employees under the executive branch departments and agencies from 72 hours per pay period to 70 hours effective October 4th. Palacios said he and Lieutenant Governor David Apatang appreciate the employees' cooperation and commitment to continuing to provide quality public programs and services despite these austerity measures. Governor Palacios said, quote, we are working to accelerate infrastructure projects, diversify our economy, move federal dollars through the economy, and strengthen tax collection efforts, among other positive economic developments to limit the duration of these austerity measures and restore regular operations in the soonest possible time. Close quote. Palacios said it has become necessary to impose additional cost-cutting measures and implement the appropriation levels in light of the recent passage of Public Law 23-09 or the Fiscal Year 2024 Budget and Appropriations Act in the CNMI. Well, back here at home in Guam, talk of preparedness came up on a Guam talk radio program, albeit very short. The Points Ray Gibson was talking to Guam Senator Frank Bloss Jr., who had this to say about the recent call by Guam Governor Lou Leon Guerrero to change the island's condition of readiness level hours ahead of any move by the National Weather Service in issuing a storm watch or warning. Lawmakers were set to go into emergency session to find legislative solutions to disastrous problems at the Guam Memorial Hospital. Senator Blas said, quote, I do have some questions how quickly we jumped to core two. 
We're here right now. Close quote. For the record, the Office of the Governor of Guam released 12 hours in advance of the change of the condition of readiness or the government's actions or preparedness for then tropical storm and now super typhoon Belavin. The chain of events had me thinking. Now, my wife advised me that this had happened before during Typhoon Moir. Part of the trauma can be found in the podcast episode number 56. I say trauma because what I saw in the lead up to this particular government preparedness decision had me again scratching my head. Out and about, we passed many a gas station from Talafofo to Dededo with huge lines. Now, in years past, most sensible folks would go about their normal day and get fuel like they would normally. The news of a storm status change sent people out on the roads, blocking lanes and idling for minutes, maybe hours on end. We passed grocery stores, all packed with people, and many coming out with rations enough to be away from those stores for weeks on end. A friend I spoke with after witnessing all of this said that even lines to use the sanitary landfills were long, and folks trying to dispose of waste before it may have a chance of flying into their neighborhoods or in the jungles nearby. Now, I noted that the governor makes the change to condition of readiness levels before a watch or a warning. Twelve hours later, the National Weather Service briefs the community and tells everyone to be ready. At this point, schools and businesses had since announced closures. Roads were sort of bare. A look in the sky... Calm before the storm, blue sky, gray sky not too far away. What good is planning if folks responsible to take care of life and safety are not going to use time-tested plans to begin with? Guam's emergency management plans are some of the best in the business. Nearly 90% of folks who had staffed emergency management posts across the government of Guam are now retired. Succession has either fell by the wayside or fidelity to plans adopted through time, exercises, and federal scrutiny just dropped off. Accomplished properly, planning provides a methodical way to engage the whole community in thinking through the life cycle of a potential crisis, determining required capabilities, and establishing a framework for our people's roles and responsibilities. It shapes how a community envisions and shares a desired outcome, selects effective ways to achieve it, and communicates expected results. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. Results are a funny thing in American government. Taxpaying citizens put a great expectation on good results and frown on the bad results. Pretty consistent across the country, sea to shining sea, if you will. In December of 2022, Gallup, 
the 88-year-old analytics and public opinion giant, reported that for the seventh year in the past decade, Americans named dissatisfaction with the government as the nation's top problem in 2022. An average of 19% of U.S. adults have mentioned some aspect of the government as the most important problem facing the country. The government edged out the high cost of living or inflation and the economy in general. Trying to find one closer to home was a bit tough. My friends at the University of Guam, I know they are listening should localize this. What would they find? I wonder. In these times, dissatisfaction with emergency preparedness may rank up there for a bunch of different reasons. How about this? The Guam Daily Post reported on October 9th, 2023, that a Freedom of Information Act request has revealed that the government of Guam may be lacking when it comes to updating its emergency management plans for responding to disasters. The FOIA request was made by the aforementioned Republican Senator Frank Bloss Jr., who requested that every executive branch agency in Guam provide information regarding their preparedness, response, and recovery capabilities in response to a natural or a man-made disaster event. Just 43 out of 51 agencies replied. The summary showed that 23 out of the 43 government agencies did not have insurance to cover buildings and critical assets against damage, destruction, theft, or loss of use. There were 28 agencies that did not have a continuity of operations plan should a facility of theirs be deemed destroyed or not suitable for occupancy while 15 agencies did not have a continuity of command plan in place. Blas pointed out that the 2016 Guam Comprehensive Emergency Management Plan requires agencies to create and periodically update their continuity of operations and continuity of command plans. Full disclosure, I have written, contributed to, or helped execute a bunch of emergency preparedness, response, recovery, and continuity of operations plans. Many of them attach to funding and resources to help support U.S. territories during an emergency. What makes them so important and critical to island government emergency operations? Fidelity. Many folks have questioned why the government of Guam has deviated so much from their own tried and tested plans. One example, a changing of coordination levels the condition of readiness in Guam. Right before Bolivian rolled through the Marianas, the University of Guam shared with its college community a 2015 document called the Mariana Island Homeowner's Handbook to Prepare for Natural Hazards. It was produced by the university's Sea Grant program. On page 17 of the document is a table entitled How Are Typhoons Described During Warnings? referring to the National Weather Service's use of the Saffir-Simpson Tropical Cyclone Scales. It outlines the condition of readiness from four that notes a storm may develop and hit the island within 72 hours, three, describing storm passage within 48 hours, two, stating a storm hit in 24 hours and directing government of Guam actions, and core one, when a tropical storm or typhoon is expected to hit the island within 12 hours with traffic on island limited to only emergency vehicles. I am certain the Sea Grant folks 
lifted this from their planning and that of the government of Guam's planning too. With the former tropical storm Bolaven on October 10th and Typhoon Mawar back in late May, we witnessed Gov Guam not sticking to crafted, accepted, published, exercised, and lived plans that many residents used to prepare, respond, and recover from a tropical storm slash typhoon event at home. This is pretty bad. The 150,000 residents of the U.S. territory rely on these folks to guide them during what is a pretty stressful time. Outside of the government, schools, businesses, and families use these planning classifications to be sure they are safe from a storm. For Belaven, Core 2 was issued by the Office of the Governor of Guam 36 hours before the expected onset of damaging winds. This particular policy call, even with the best planning considerations for many residents living in substandard housing on Guam, made no sense. The additional 12 hours for a storm-ready community is not so helpful. Awareness would come from other public messaging. Federal weather forecasters seem to be more realistic and reassuring during this time. Such apathy on the part of Guam planners creates such in the rest of the community. I met a young lady at a local store when I was grabbing ice in advance of Belaven for some cold drinks. As she helped me to my car, I thanked her for her assistance and told her to be safe during the storm. Her response shocked me. She said she hoped for her house to get blown down and that her parents can build a new one. The young high school girl told me that while it may be a weird response, she was not confident that prepping for a storm would not be that helpful anyway. She smiled at me and walked away. There are many young folks like this around Guam and the Marianas, not limited to a village store worker. Gone are the days of folks in Guam tying ourselves at the base of coconut trees and taking on the fury of Mother Nature head on. But even then, there was planning until you could not plan anymore. To reiterate, improved practice and response mechanisms saves lives and strengthens our ability to reduce the impact of disasters. Preparing is not showing weakness. It is a useful concept to protect life and property. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. Let me know what you think. Find me, Sean Gumatautau, on X, LinkedIn, and Facebook. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon. The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gumatauta. Executive producer is Trisha Gumatauta. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now.